Lager's Carpool is brought to you by Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. First off, it's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast as well, with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Welcome to Lakers Carpool. My name is James Brooks. Whether you're joining me on my drive to work or I'm joining you on yours, it's great to have you in, great to have you listening. The Lakers got a big win last night. 102 to 96 in game four of the NBA Finals to go up to take a commanding three to one series lead. Man, that game last night was a was a dogfight. A great game. Let's get into it. Man, that game that game last night was, like I said, a complete dogfight. That was probably the first time, and this is something that I believe Kevin O'Connor tweeted this that Last night's game was the first real game that felt like a a real NBA Finals matchup. The first two games of the series, the Lakers pretty much dominated. The Heat didn't have too much of a chance in those games. In Game 3, the Lakers just played awful. The Heat played well, but there was not... The Lakers would claw back and fight back in Game 3, but... It didn't feel like they had much of a chance of really taking that game. But then last night, both teams played well. Both teams struggled a little bit. Both teams fought. There were some hard fouls. And the Lakers ended up getting the win by six points. Uh, you know, it was a nine-point nine point lead with like 30 seconds left, and Tyler Hero hit a three late. So definitely looked closer than it was. Um, but... Still a, a hard-fought game, a close game, right up until we got a big Anthony Davis dagger, a three-pointer to put the Lakers up by nine with, I think, like 40 seconds left in the game. So just an just a gritty, a gritty game. A huge performance from Tyler Hero from the Heat, had 21 points in the game. Jimmy Butler played. He had a really good first half. Um LeBron James had 28 points. Anthony Davis had 22 points. KCP stepped up big for the Lakers with 15 points. So overall, some good performances, some bad performances. A lot of good, bad, ugly. Um, but the Lakers did their job. They did what they needed to do to pull out the win, to hit the you know they hit big shots late in the game when it mattered to help seal the victory. So uh, overall, couldn't be happier to get that 3-1 lead. Things were looking a little bleak for a moment. Things were looking like the Heat could have, could have definitely. They definitely were in that game. They could have had the Lakers played like they played in Game Three and missed some shots down the stretch. The Heat easily could have taken the taken taken the win in that game, and the series could be tied. But instead, the Lakers stepped up. Anthony Davis stepped up. LeBron James stepped up. KCP stepped up. Uh, Rondo had a huge play late in uh, late in the game with a big layup. So overall, just a great clutch performance by the team, by the Lakers stars, and it feels great 
on this Wednesday morning as I'm driving to work to know that the Lakers have a 3-1 lead in the NBA Finals and can possibly close it out, win their 17th NBA championship on Friday night. So it, it feels good. You know, it's funny because as a Lakers fan, I always want the Lakers to to blow out the team that they're playing. My wife, we always she always messes with me and she's like, "Oh, I hope this is a close one." And in turn, you know, in terms of the game, because she likes it when there's a little drama. It's just more entertaining for her. She enjoys when it's coming down. You know, like the game when Anthony Davis hit the buzzer beater against the Nuggets. That was like the perfect game for her. You know, down to the wire, buzzer beating shot, Lakers win. That's kind of her. That's her style of wanting to watch a basketball game. You know, whereas for me, it's like I'm literally, literally like freaking out having sweaty palms and can't focus on anything else that's going on and can't talk to anybody while those games are happening so for me I would prefer the Lakers to to blow out every team they play you know games one game two game one and game two of the NBA finals were great I could sit back I can enjoy I could just watch the Lakers play some good basketball and beat up on a team I will say though game four I I had confidence that the Lakers would be able to pull it out, even though they were kind of letting the Heat hang in there a little bit. Um, and, and the Heat were playing good. It wasn't just that the Lakers were letting them hang in or whatever, but the Lakers weren't. They weren't. They were missing some shots, and they weren't able to just like pull away with it. Uh, but I did have confidence that the Lakers would would pull it off, um, and they did. So I, you know, I wasn't as stressed, but it was. It feel. It does feel good to know that the Lakers got a a win in a gritty game in a close game not that we haven't seen them do it before but it just feels nice it feels more there's a, there's something about it that feels very rewarding you know in some ways someone could argue they could say like oh well the game was up for grabs the Heat could have easily have won that game just as much as the Lakers won that game but at the end of the day they didn't at the end of the day the Lakers won that game the Lakers deserve to win that game they were the better team last night, and it feels really good. It feels good to get that win. Uh, it was a, like I said, a six-point win, even though it probably what really could have been a nine-point win. But Tyler Hero hit that big three, or it wasn't a big three, but hit that three late in the game, um, and he had a big game. So props to him. Um, you know, the Lakers getting into the the details of the game. The Lakers really struggled early in the game, especially they kind of played a little bit better as the game went on Anthony Davis you know I was fully expecting after Anthony Davis after his poor performance in game three where he only had 15 points and just didn't really seem like he showed up I fully expected him to come out and try and and have a a dominant game have like 35 points and just kill him Um, that didn't happen he came out he kind of came out slow like he did in game three and that was definitely the most nerve-wracking part of the game because if if he didn't show up again then LeBron can carry the team but when Anthony Davis doesn't show up the Lakers are in big trouble and uh it was looking for a second like he might not show up he didn't have a great didn't have a great first half and LeBron didn't have a great first half either he's he still struggled with turnovers uh the team as a whole was very sloppy with the basketball in the first half and, you know, part of it is the Lakers making just dumb decisions, like making bad passes, um, rushing a pass, telegraphing passes. 
a lot of it also is is great defense by the Heat, getting their hands in the passing lanes, um, getting ready for for the passes, being able to jump the passes and steal them, things like that. And that was probably the biggest overall negative of last night's game for the Lakers and why they why the game was so close for for the entirety of the game. Um, and it, it was kind of like that on both sides, though. Thank goodness, you know, if the Heat, if the Heat were playing a solid, tight game, and the Lakers were playing fast and loose with the basketball and turning it over and throwing it out of bounds and 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 whatnot, then the Heat would have had a, a really good opportunity to to really take that game over. But the Lakers' defense also played very well. It was a very defensive oriented game. I think at halftime the score was in the 40s. I think it was like 48 to 46 or 48 to 44. Um, it was very reminiscent of the Lakers the Lakers' last finals matchup against the Celtics. You know, again, definitely I forget all the scores in that, in that series, but definitely in game 7 it was an extremely low scoring game. Um, and so that, that was kind of how last night's game was or seemed like it was potentially turning out to be but definitely a a big defensive oriented game uh the lakers the heat defense played great they the reason that it wasn't that anthony davis and lebron james weren't showing up but i think anthony davis and lebron james are really having a hard time or at least last in games three and game four they've been having a really hard time with the defensive schemes from the Heat, it does seem, and I I heard that Jimmy Butler said this, that I think it was after game two or going into game three, he said that they've, the, they being the Heat, had figured some things out about the Lakers and and that they were confident about their, their strategies and, and things like that. And it seems like what that is, or what I have, I've already guessed what that was, what the Heat figured out, it was how to how to slow down Anthony Davis and LeBron James because whatever what they're doing is really working. What they're doing is packing the paint. They're not. They're forcing the Lakers to shoot outside shots to take outside shots. They're LeBron James and Anthony Davis are trying to get the ball to the hoop, but then the Heat are packing the paint, double teaming, just making them in, as uncomfortable as they possibly can to force them to kick the ball out to KCP and Danny Green and Markeith Morris. Um, the Heat, just as any other team should, would much rather have those guys beat them than to let Anthony Davis and LeBron James have a dominant game and destroy them. Because in games one and game two, the Lakers were just slicing up the Heat. The in game two, the Heat played a zone for a good majority of the game, and the Lakers had it figured out. They had a, they, and that's the game where both LeBron and Anthony Davis scored thirty-three or thirty-two points in the game. So they had all that figured out. So the Heat definitely needed to change things up. And and props. I mean, Eric Spolstra is one of the best coaches in the league. So we all fully expect between. Between Eric Spolstra as the Heat head coach, LeBron James with all of his experience, Rajon Rondo with all of his experience, the what we've seen the Frank Vogel being the Lakers coach this season, 
there was gonna we knew there was gonna be a lot of adjustments in this series so that that has not disappointed there's been a lot of there's been a lot of adjustments going on the heat have thrown a lot of lo different looks at the lakers the lakers have tried different things against the heat um and what the heat have been doing has been working defensively at least so props to them on that um so in the first half, while it seemed like LeBron and Anthony Davis weren't showing up, it it was less of that, I think, and a lot of um, good defense by the Heat in a lot of ways also. You know, it's hard when, when you're trying to take the ball inside and you have four guys collapsing around you cause, because the Heat would literally give up wide-open shots to Danny Green because they know he's only going to make if he takes eight shots he's only only going to make two of them which is that's a different story but frustrating as a Lakers fan um but yeah the Lakers or the the Heat played really good defense or they've been playing really good defense and the Lakers have been struggling to really get any easy looks in a lot of ways we did see LeBron do a good job at continuing to get to the basket. He had a lot of, um, a lot of foul or you know he take it to the rim, get hit, get fouls. The foul disparity though in the game was pretty stark for a majority of the game. I forget at what point in the game we were. Might have been the third quarter, maybe even the beginning of the fourth quarter, um, where the Heat had taken twenty free throws and the Lakers had only taken I think four free throws so that you know that's something that people a lot of times look at and say like bad refereeing I look at that and just say that it's because the Heat were doing a good job at keeping the Lakers from getting to the hoop getting to the rim because when Anthony Davis LeBron James are getting to the rim they're getting fouled obviously it's up to the refs to call those fouls or not but they are getting hit so they're getting fouls they're getting to the line when they're getting to the rim they were the heat were doing a good job at limiting li limiting anthony davis and lebron james from getting to the rim as much as they possibly could they still the, the lakers did a good job at still forcing it and not completely giving up on it because because especially with anthony davis and lebron james we all we know that the best strategy is to get to the rim and if you don't get to the rim then you can kick it out and and the Lakers have guys that are they're not elite three-point shooters, but they can they can hit them at a high level at times. So it's not like you're throwing it out to like the JV squad. You know, you're not driving to the hoop, kicking it out to the JV squad and you're missing 100 shots. So it's not it's a as long as the Lakers are attacking the basket, I think they're going to be okay. So props to them for not shying away from it or getting away from it. And props to the Heat for playing really good defense against the Lakers. So, so yeah, the Lakers struggled in the game. They didn't really, you know, they didn't, they weren't really ever able to pull away very well. It wasn't until the second half when LeBron and Anthony Davis really started clicking, hitting shots. LeBron hit hit two 
huge. Uh, I think they were back-to-back threes that were huge. There was one where he, he hit another one. It would have been his third. Not back-to-back-to-back, I don't think, but it would have been his third three. And they called a foul on, on Bam, on Anthony Davis, and they reviewed it and said that it was before the... Uh, that was before before the shot was released. So, so LeBron could have had three threes. He had two threes. Uh, Anthony Davis had two threes. They they kind of got it started clicking. LeBron, both LeBron and Anthony Davis had had huge shots where LeBron was in the corner, gets the ball late in the shot clocks, turn around. Very, very similar to uh, what we would see with Kobe Bryant in that corner. Turn around, fade away, hand in the face, hits the shot. Anthony Davis had a similar shot where he was, again, late in the shot clock in the corner and just elevated and drained it. So he, he, uh, you know, both, both, both guys hit big shots down the stretch in the game, superstar-level shots. And those are the types of things that those are the types of shots that the Lakers need in order to in order to uh, get wins in a finals matchup. And the Heat were, you know, the Heat were, were really clicking on offense early in the game. Jimmy Butler, I believe, was he was five for five in his first attempt, his first five attempts. He hit all five of them. He, it's pretty funny. Like it's really interesting. He's very, he's very good at. He gets to the basket, gets smothered, and then pulls away and does like a a spin move fadeaway in the middle of the key, and he's almost lights out completely on that shot. But he was five for his first five, and then. I'm pretty sure the Lakers put tried to primarily put Anthony Davis on on uh, on Jimmy Butler to try and to try and slow him down, and Jimmy Butler ended up ended he ended the game eight for seventeen. So he made his first five shots, and he closed out the game going three for twelve. And it's funny because during the, during the game when when Jimmy Butler was going when after he had hit his first five shots, I tweeted out that I was like I can't believe I'm saying this but the Lakers have no answer for Jimmy Butler and don't get me wrong Jimmy Butler he's a great player it's not that the Lakers should have an easy answer for him necessarily but between LeBron James and Anthony Davis and and even like a guy like KCP or something you would think that the Lakers would be able to to slow him down a little bit you know you would you wouldn't think that he would be literally unstoppable he hit so many shots but the Lakers did tighten up that defense. They forced Jimmy Butler to take much more difficult shots, um, forced him to get the ball out of his hands, and and he ended up finishing the game 3 for 12. So that was great to see. Great to see the Lakers step up and stop a guy who's been red hot since game 3. You know, he dropped 40 points in game 3, came out, hit his first five, first five shots. I'm like, man, they can't stop this guy. But props to the Lakers defense for for doing what they need to do to to just 
make his life more difficult, to make the shots attempts he was taking more difficult, and to force the ball out of his hands at other times. Um, and I think a lot of that was props to Anthony Davis. You know, Anthony Davis, I will say, he did not have a stellar a stellar game. I mean, it's funny because he had 22 points, which is a fine, a perfectly great fine game. But he had 22 points. He did struggle in the first in the first half a bit, but he the entirety of the game he played great defense. He had a lot of a lot of great rebounds, great blocks, great just um, just sound defense. Where it's crazy because he's so long, and but also still so like so quick at least for a, a guy his size that he can. It's it's unbelievable that he can he can guard Jimmy Butler one on one, and he might not win that matchup ten times out of ten, but he'll win that matchup at least six times out of ten. And I'll take that. You know, I'll six times out of ten, I will, I will, I will take that. If in 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 his case, it maybe it's it could be more if he's playing at a at at his best at a very high level. Um, but he just having him on the defensive end has been a game changer for the Lakers. And he, you know, late in the game, so the Lakers. I can't remember if it was before his big three or after the big three that he hit, but he, in my, in my memory, it's it was after the three he hit. So he, the Lakers are up by six. Anthony Davis has a dagger three-pointer to put them up by nine points late in the game with like 30 seconds, 40 seconds left in the game. And then the Heat go down. And, and because the Heat are a good three-point shooting team, a nine-point lead isn't necessarily safe with 40 seconds left in the game because between Duncan Robinson, Tyler Hero, even Jay Crowder, the the threes they can hit are are very it's just, you know they're, they're, they can be they can be a very scary team if they're hitting threes and and last night they were hitting their shots pretty well um, so you know if they go down get a quick three it's a six point game. It's, it's it's a three-possession game, but it could be erased very quickly. I mean, we've seen crazier things have happened, obviously. I mean, we've seen Reggie Miller have, like, nine points in, what was it, like, ten seconds or something like that. We've seen Teresa McGrady score, off the top of my head, what was it, like, 12 points in 15 seconds or something. I don't know. Something, we've seen ridiculous things happen. So... And the, and the Heat were hitting some pretty crazy shots, too. I mean, we had Tyler Hero fading sideways out of bounds, just draining shots. Like, they were beautiful shots, draining shots. We had Duncan Robinson throwing ball, like, throwing up three-point shots that are banking in. You know, so, like, those are the type of shots you need to be hitting to score nine points really quickly, and those are the shots they were hitting in that game. So... Nine-point lead, not very safe. All that to say, Anthony Davis hits the dagger, or what ended up being the dagger. They go up 40 points, or they go up, I wish 40 points. They go up nine points with 40 seconds, and the Heat take the ball down, and Anthony Davis gets a huge block to steal the possession, to get the ball, and and the Lakers steal the victory. So, huge defensive performance from Anthony Davis. 
he really is such a difference maker when he gets those stops, gets those block shots, and and just because of his length too, even if he's not blocking the shot, he's at the very least making it very uncomfortable for the shooter, really getting in their way, impeding their shot, making their shot just a little bit more difficult to get off. So so props to Anthony Davis for a great defensive game and a solid offensive game and really hitting shots when it when it really mattered too. So you know overall so the Lakers they they did have a so statistically speaking they had a better shooting game than the Heat but it was very close. The Lakers shot 45% from the field or sorry 44% from the field the Heat shot 42% from the field, so very, very similar. But the Lakers did did beat them in that category. And then the Lakers won three-point percentage category as well, but only by a hair. The Lakers had, they shot 35% from three, and the, the, the Heat shot 34% from three. So a very, very close game shooting-wise. The Lakers just hit the big shots when it counted and got the stops when they needed to and were able to pull out that victory. So just a it just like I was saying, it feels so good to get that win. It feels so good for the Lakers to be up three to one off of a a gritty, real uh, tough win. So what you know, what do I think the Lakers are going to do in game five? from a strategic standpoint, you know, I have a I have a hard time seeing the Heat really moving away from what they did in game 4 because what they did a lot of it really worked. It really worked out well. Um and and actually before I move on, I wanted to really quickly just say that so the Lakers they had so they the big question for the Lakers has always been Who's going to be the third guy that's going to step up? On one night, it could be Markeith Morris. On one night, it could be Kyle Kuzma. On one night, it could be uh, Danny Green. On one night, it could be uh, Kuzma. It could be Rondo. There isn't one solid like third option for the Lakers. It's really just whoever's hitting their shots. And last night, KCP stepped up. He was the third highest scorer for the Lakers with 15 points. He hit a huge three late in the game, a corner three that really that I think it put the Lakers up six um so it really it was a close game and it it uh extended that extended that lead as the game was getting late and then he had a huge layup where again late in the game the shot clock was winding down I think there was four seconds on the shot clock and he just blew by his defender and put a layup up and and scored the layup and then another huge play that we got so Rondo didn't have a great game last night. I think he only ended up with, ended up with two points, but his two points were off of a huge layup as well late in the game where he great hesitation move. He he started to drive to the basket, hesitation move. He got past his defender, uh, Bam Adebayo, who was covering Anthony Davis, and Anthony Davis was out on the three point line. Um, has he hesitated himself with Rondo because you know Rondo is. He's a, a passer first, 
especially last night, was not shooting well. I think he was only he was over seven, over six or over seven before his this one basket, and so so Bam Adebayo didn't run to to Rondo. He sagged off of him. Rondo does a hesitation move, gets to the basket, makes a layup, and it was just another big basket that the Lakers needed to, to maintain their lead and not let the Heat get back into the game. So, props to Ant or to, to to KCP for for you know putting up those points, getting a big shot late, getting that layup late in the game, and then props to Rondo for for even though he was having a poor shooting night for not being afraid to go to the basket and and get some points for the Lakers when they needed it to to hold on to their lead. So um, just wanted to say that really quickly to give them the shout out and and to to say that they really did have a big difference. They were KCP especially a big difference maker in that game last night. So moving on to game five what do I expect out of both teams? You know, I have a hard time seeing. This is what I was starting to say before. I'm having a hard. I have a hard time seeing the Heat really changing things up too much, because what they were doing was really was working. The Lakers were struggling, but they just ended up shooting slightly better, and and hitting big shots. You know, they had LeBron. Having LeBron James and Anthony Davis, you have, when you have superstars on your team like that, you're going get, to get big shots. And you could say the same for the Heat with Jimmy Butler. I think he definitely is a super. He's at superstar status. Like he's going to hit superstar shots. Um, it just happens that when you have two superstars on your team, that's more superstar type shots. So close game, and we got big shots from LeBron James, big shots from Anthony Davis, and a little bit of help from from KCP, and we pulled out that win. But for the most part, that game was very close, very tightly contested. The Lakers shot 2% better from the field, 1% better from three, and that was all the difference the Lakers needed. You know, you have that little little bit of a difference, and and you have um, LeBron and Anthony Davis on your team, and that's that's enough to pull out a win. So, But all that being said is, like, defensively, the Heat played a great defensive game. They forced... 15 turnovers from the Lakers in game four they forced they you know LeBron had 28 points which is a great game Anthony Davis had 22 points which is um a fine game but when you're limiting those guys to to it's crazy to say this but when you're limiting LeBron James to 28 points or to Anthony Davis with 22 points that means that you're forcing the rest of the Lakers team to take a lot of shots and so I think they did what they were trying to do it just happened that the Lakers hit a handful of shots more than the Heat did so I don't know what type of adjustments really to expect from Eric Spolstra I think if anything just doubling down on packing the paint and not letting you know forcing LeBron to take a shot from the elbow or take forcing Anthony Davis to shoot threes or to shoot jumpers from the short corner, you know, like those are shots that those guys can hit. But it's not their it's not their best look. It's not the be- it's not the shot that that the Lakers want them to be taking. I mean, I'm happy. I'd rather 
late in the shot clock, I'd rather settle with LeBron or Anthony Davis taking the shot than the ball stuck in in Danny Green or KCP's hands late in the shot clock. But for the most part, um, if the Heat can continue to force the Lakers to take outside shots, that's their best chance of getting another win. And then again, forcing a lot of turnovers. Those are the big... I mean, turnovers is the big key. Honestly, in both game, in game three and game four, the Lakers had 19 turnovers in game three and just couldn't get things going, understandably. Same thing in game in game four. They had they ended up with 15 turnovers in the game. They they finally were able to start pulling away, but they kept letting the Heat back in the game, or they let, kept letting the Heat in the game because they kept turning the ball over taking away possessions where they could score points and giving those opportunities to the Heat. So if the Heat can continue to... Because I think the Lakers... I mean, they're trying to move the ball, which is great, but they're they're doing it almost too quickly or just too lackadaisically where they're not making a good pass. And there's a lot of times, too, even where, like, they'll have a guy open and they'll be driving and kick... They'll be driving and then they'll kick it out. And if it, if it was just a good pass, a good, like, on on the line to the guy's chest pass um not a chest pass but to the guy a pass to the guy's chest it would they would have the opportunity to just go straight up with it and get an open look but instead you know you have passes to to KCP and and to Markeith Morris and and Danny Green where and it's not it's some of it's LeBron some of it's Anthony Davis and some of it's like you know it's a lot of the, it's the passers on passers on the team which are LeBron uh Rondo Caruso and then Anthony Davis when he doesn't get a look and just so many just I don't have the numbers on it or whatever but it just feels like there's so many passes where where they're trying to they're having to like reach for the ball or jump for the you know go after the ball instead of the ball being right to them and I get, like, that's what you start doing when you have a lot of turnovers. Like, when the Heat are doing a good job at getting their hands in the passing lane and jumping passes and getting out there, that's what happens. Um, you start trying to, like, push your passes to the outside a little bit more um, to, tr- to not let the Heat be able to get to those passes. But in the at the end of the day, those guys are open, but you're still doing it like that, and they're having to go after the ball which allows it allows the defender to have time to close out and get to uh, get to the ball and not give and, and, and not it doesn't allow the Lakers shooters to get clean open looks. So the turnovers really are are a killer. I know. I mean, I know the Lakers. I think Frank Vogel said this during his in-game interview that. That was a big focus between Game Three and Game Four was the limit turnovers, and I mean they had four less turnovers than in Game Three, so that's that is a positive. <laughs> but they still had 15 turnovers, which is just way too many, especially in the NBA Finals. You know, it's it's games like that where I mean the Lakers pulled out the win, and that's great in Game Four, but it's those crisp passes those good passes that lead to clean looks open looks and which then lead to a higher chance of making those baskets and more points so in an NBA finals matchup like those things 
those details are critically important. And the Lakers, you know, LeBron James is typically an amazing passer. The last couple games, he's really struggled with with turnovers. You know, he had eight turnovers in game four, uh, game three. In game four, I I don't know how many turnover, turnovers he ended up getting, but there was a point where he had the same amount of turnovers as points. Um, and, I mean, it was early in the game, so it might have been just, like, three points, three turnovers. But still, like, early in the game, you already have three turnovers. Like, that's, that's you know, for a guy that in game two had an amazing performance, nine assists, zero turnovers, and, like, 20 or 30-something points, you know, like, that's the that's what we should that's what we're expecting out of LeBron and then when he's having three turnovers in the first quarter or or whatever it was like that's just not that's not championship level basketball and props to him props to Anthony Davis and the rest of the team for cleaning things up in game four and and being able to pull out that win but in game five the the Lakers need to do what they can to clean up clean up those turnovers clean make the better passes um things like that and and that's going off of what i was saying about the heat defenses their defense has been has been good they limited the lakers to 100 102 points the game last night was 102 to 96 i think so you're limiting the lakers to 102 points a team that could easily be putting up 115 122 you know those types of numbers so they're playing good defense. The Lakers were also just matching them and playing good defense as well. So, for the Lakers, from from the Lakers' standpoint, it's tough. You know, what I was saying a lot in my last episode was that the Lakers, especially without having Goran Dragic, should and with especially with how hot Jimmy Butler's been, they should try and smother Jimmy Butler, force the ball out of his hands, and force Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson to beat them from three and even Bam Adebayo you know and because Bam I didn't mention this was back in game four he had a much better game than he did in game one um but I think he's definitely still not at 100 percent from what from what we're seeing but I mean the Lakers they it's tough because Duncan Robinson he he is one of the best three-point shooters in the league. I don't think he's been shooting at that level in the finals. Um, but he has that ability. So it is scary to to leave a guy like that wide open and go smother Jimmy Butler and give him open looks, you know. So I think a lot of it is it's interesting because I think the Lakers in some ways – need to play a a small ball type lineup especially with the heat trying to pack the paint and with bam out of bio in the game or even if they have um i mean with with bam out of bio in the game you can have dwight howard in the game like he can he can cover bam it's more it was more before bam was playing when you had kelly olenek and and um myers leonard who were kind of like stretch fives but but that small ball lineup, I really do like it still for the Lakers. It helps them rotate a lot quicker on defense. Um, like Dwight Howard, he, he's a good defender, but he has trouble rotating on defense quickly, especially 
for the three-point shot. You know, that's why, I mean, that's why JaVale McGee and, and Dwight Howard sort of got benched in the Rockets series. Not that they are, you know, bad players or anything. It's just the matchups weren't great. And in this case, I mean, the matchup with Bam is fine, but with the Heat trying to spread the floor, get open threes, the Lakers need to be able to rotate quickly. They need to be able to, if they choose to double-team Jimmy Butler, they need to be able to double-team Jimmy Butler and then make that rotation run, you know, sprint from Jimmy Butler to the open man when he makes that pass and and go from there and make those rotations. So it's a tough it's tough defensively from for the Lakers and I think that's what we're kind of seeing in the last couple games where their their defensive strategy is not bad. I mean, they're playing they're they have really good defensive possessions, but they also have times where things just break down completely. Jimmy Butler gets to the basket and and that's that. So at this point Jimmy Butler's the only reason. He's the only person that's really given the Lakers a ton of trouble. Um, the last two games, Tyler Hero has played good games as well. He had 17 points in Game 3 and 21 points in Game 4. So he is shooting well. He's kind of gaining more confidence, I think, as the series goes on. So I would... It's one of those things where if you could somehow fo- put your focus on stopping Jimmy Butler but then have your, like, second option or second focus be Tyler Hero. That's kind of how I'm, like, that's, those are the two big threats currently with the Heat. Um, and, and Bam is a threat, but I just don't think he's, like, playing at 100%, and so he's, I think he's a little bit less of a threat than if he was at full health. Uh, and we're just not seeing the Bam in games one and game four that we saw against the Celtics in that Heat Celtics series. So it's not that he can't be a great player or that the Lakers don't need to, to pay attention to him, but the guys that are producing for the Heat, at least in the last couple games, are Tyler Hero and Jimmy Butler. So if we can force Jay Crowder or Duncan Robinson and even a little bit of Bam to beat us, that's a little. I would prefer that than to see Tyler Hero and Jimmy Butler killing us with outside shots and inside shots and all that stuff so um I fully expect the Lakers to win game five I don't I think it'll be a close game the Heat aren't going anywhere the Lakers know this NBA fans know this the Heat are a gritty team they're not going to give up they have a similar mindset to the Denver Nuggets where the Denver Nuggets could have easily rolled over two different times in those series when they were down 3-1. to one. They didn't. They clawed back. They fought back. And they won those series amazingly. I mean, they're a good team, but it was amazing that they won both those series. Um, the Heat are very similar. Very similar style of play. Very similar mindset where they are going to fight until they're beat. Both in a series and in, like, specific games um so the heat aren't going anywhere they're going to make game five a tough game they're going to do whatever they can um to to force a game six and the lakers are going to need to be on their best game to win that series the laker to win the series to win that game the lakers can't come out sloppy with turnovers 
a lot of this is the Lakers at this point they know what they're going to get from the Heat. They know whether whether the Heat play a zone or man. They know what the goal is, and the goal is to make LeBron and AD uncomfortable and force the Lakers to take outside shots. That's the that's the underlying goal of the Heat from a defensive standpoint. So the Lakers know what they're what they're what the Heat are doing. They just need to to impose their will. They need to let LeBron and Anthony Davis play their game, and and the Lakers if they do that, I think that they'll be fine. But but it's not going to be the only way that it, the only way that Game Five is going to be a blowout or the Lakers are going to dominate the game is if is if the Heat start to feel desperate and they start jacking up threes and taking bad shots and missing those shots. If they start missing desperate attempts and des- desperate threes, then then the Lakers will be able to dominate that game because because that's all the Lakers need to you know, if you give if you give the Lakers an inch there they'll take a, they'll take a mile on that where if you're missing shots and you're missing threes the Lakers will take those take those rebounds turn them into fast break opportunities and just kill you so from a, the heat standpoint they need to do whatever they can to from a, offensively to not get desperate if they get desperate I think I think the series is definitely over um, regardless I think that the Lakers you know last night's game was a good game four was a good example of just a gritty good game where both teams are playing at a similar level both a high level at times kind of sloppy at times but it's it's exactly what we would expect from a from an NBA finals matchup and the Lakers were able to pull out the win in that game I think that regardless of how the games ends up whether it's a close gritty game like game four was or if the Lakers are able to, to dominate, I think the Lakers will win game five. And hopefully we'll all be celebrating in Los Angeles or wherever it is that you may be living um, the Lakers' 17th championship, 10 years after their last championship. And both sadly and amazing in the same year that Kobe passes away. So... Friday night could be a special night, so definitely tune into that game. Hopefully we'll see the Lakers get the victory and take the NBA Finals in 2020. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Lakers Carpool. If you enjoyed the episode, please rate and review on Apple Podcasts and share it on social media with your friends. You can find the podcast on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or most places where you listen to podcasts. Again, thank you so much for listening, and go Lakers!